Blog Talk Radio. And 
Born, 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 born
Good evening, and welcome to Seasons of the Witch. We've been having some technical difficulties with the microphone, so we've been trying to uh, see if we can get it to work. It doesn't seem to be working this evening, so you'll be listening to us through our laptop mic uh, until we can get that uh, weekend ordered. But thank you for joining us. This is our uh, spring equinox launch again, and... uh, we're so happy to uh, have you here with us this evening. How about Rita? Yes, it's uh, nice to be back. It's um, our celebration of spring, and I, I'm sort of lightening our um, technical difficulties to the <laughs> seeds' struggle to break through the surface and enter the world of light. Yeah, especially after we've gotten this, uh, this roaring snowstorm, although here in Springfield... We have not seen any snow as of yet, but uh, the rest of the country, Mid-Atlantic and uh, <clears throat> New York, seem to be getting their dump of it. Yeah. But so we've been hunkering down. I made uh, some nice tostados and uh, thought about adding tacos to that, but it seemed a bit much. And <laughs> had a beer, I'll admit, and um, <laughs> actually one and a half. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to talk to uh, tonight about spring, um, the energies of spring, and spring is a metaphor uh, for new beginnings and new cycles in our lives, and um, I think maybe after the break or break or two, we'll do maybe a little guided meditation on um, on how to sort of align yourself and tie in with the energies of spring. You know, our ancestors were very sensitive to the idea uh, and the feeling, I think, of the shift of the seasons. And um, obviously so, they built festivals around them. And so today we still celebrate them in one way or another. So I think that um, as witches, as pagans, you know, it's good to acknowledge the turning of the wheel. It's good to pull the energy into our lives to make us uh, remember that uh, we are part of nature. We are not separated from it. And so I think it's, um, it's a good thing to be um, working with these energies here now that it's uh, the spring tide. And as most of you will know, um, Raven and I, we consider ourselves the root tenders. So don't be surprised when you hear some of the same teachings that we continue to advocate and to use as our enchanted worldview because these are the time-honored ways that we feel connect us to something greater than ourselves, as Raven said, mm-hmm. and and help us to focus in on participating, again, as, as Raven suggested, rather than um, being an observer and also being open to random occurrence, which uh, comes with being uh, or knowing that you are nature, you are not separate from it. So, um, as I said, you don't be surprised when you hear some of the uh, same things as uh, you've heard before, because... Uh, we are consistent with that. Hmm. And um, I thought maybe I'd just like to catch you up on a few things. Uh, if you don't follow us on Facebook, uh, we do occasionally post there about what's happening with our house um, after we had the fire in June of uh, 2017. We're still in our rental, uh, cozy little convalescing <laughs> cottage that we call it, and um, still looking forward to getting back into our home. The progress on the house is now 
kind of upped a little bit because it's getting closer to the uh, construction uh, completion date. And I think that the construction company realized that if they don't finish on time, that there are penalties for that. And I don't think that they're looking forward to, to doing that. Um, and the exciting part of it is that I get to pick new wallpaper for the house and paint colors for the house. And um, there's some silver linings that have come from this that uh, we are looking forward to, to moving back home again. Indeed. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's it's kind of also kind of like the seasonal shift, you know. Right now, the the energy is stirring towards um, completing the house. You know, it's almost like the last sort of winds and and whirlwinds of uh, winter tide, and then uh, we go into the spring renewal as they begin to put the the um, what do we call it sheetrock or yep. the she- paneling the back up, up the walls. And ceilings and the walls. Yep. The electricity uh, is being wired now, and then we move into summer, which is the time of uh, bounty. And summer will have the hair, the house completely restored, and um, so we're we're right in sync with the uh, seasonal shifts. We really appreciate um, everybody's support that came in a in a variety of ways. Um, always, we kind always. Of, we kind of see you good folks out there as spirit allies who. Yes who, um, you know, were there for us when we needed it. And uh, and uh, we just look at all good things in our life we're grateful for. And uh, we're just moving forward and um, riding the tide of nature. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, on another note, too, um, we just got back on uh, Sunday night. Uh, I couldn't believe that it was a week ago tonight that we actually left. We drove down to uh, Maryland, down to the Baltimore area, for the Sacred Space Conference, um, and it was it was fantastic. It was it was such a great event. Great presenters. Our hosts were awesome. The caliber of people that were there were were just a breath of fresh air. I'm not dissing anybody else, but, you know, Raven and I haven't been out for a while. I'd, I'd say this was probably the biggest event that Raven has done since his health uh, issues, mm. which has been about two years where we've really done an event of, of multiple days. And um, I just have to show gratitude also for Raven's strength, his perseverance and tenacity um, to get back out there, he did four workshops in three days, and he rocked it. He rocked it. I was so so proud of him. Um, and uh, it seemed the the reception of the teachings was also um, really a nice a nice uh, compliment. Yeah, it was very um, uplifting. Yeah, it was uplifting. You know, it's always nice to. To do a do a workshop, you know, I, I put 100% into everything I do when I'm when I'm teaching, doing workshops and classes, and and you know, people come up at the end and they thank me for either some you know insight that that you know they had an experience with, or just the way I said something, or the context in which I put it, and um, you know, I think if I have any gifts at all, you know, my gift is um, the ability to to communicate something in a way that breaks something down, makes it easier to understand. And um, I enjoy 
being able to do that for people in my research and studies and practice. And uh, people seem to appreciate it. They've, they've come up and said some really nice things. And it just makes you feel really good. And I think that that's great for mind, body, and soul. And uh, Stephanie and I have been, you know, kind of in a, in a whirlwind with the, you know, the cancer that came along and the house catching on fire. And it, it's nice to be back in a headspace of stability, yeah. you know, where we recognize things. This is what we do. And this is the kind of energy we create and the kinds of energies that people give back to us. So it's like being back again, um, you know, full bore. And uh, it was just so great to have that opportunity uh, to do the uh, sacred space uh, conference. So that was cool. And it makes me feel uh, back in the saddle again. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Raven is continuing to write his book, um, which is uh, going to be coming out probably in early, or wait, actually late spring, winter. I think it's going to be spring of 2019. 2019 yeah. It's actually late late winter. Is it? Yeah, they're, they're looking, I think, at a February. Oh, release. February 2019. Yeah. yeah, I guess. So we both have our tasks to continue to do, and um, looking to move back into the house, and so we'll be doing uh, many more appearances uh, in the fall. I am going to be posting the appearances on the House of Gramasi on the that name of that page. And uh, we have several workshops that are coming up um, on uh, in April, April 4th. Oh, Robbie, I'm sorry, April 4th or 5th at uh, Robin's Nest. Raven will be doing a new workshop. And then May 11th, we'll be uh, doing Pandora's Box. And um, we'll also be doing uh, Cornwall. New York's uh, Beltane, which is always a fantastic event. It's a day-long event, uh, and you can find that under Breed's Closet uh, on the web on Facebook too, to find out the details of that. But it's, it's a wonderful event, very family-oriented, um, good people, and uh, we'll be there as well. Um, I think those are the only things I have right now before, because my 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 brain or my mindset is getting back home again. So I'm really kind of geared to that until we complete that uh, either June or July. Yeah. And uh, so onward. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for being here tonight. And we hope that we're going to bring some uh, wonderful news about the spring equinox to you. Um, in our tradition, we call it uh, the spring tide, and we'll explain a little bit more about that. Right now, we're going to go to a commercial, and when we come back, a commercial of music, I should say, <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll start talking about the spring equinox. Spring equinox. You're listening to Seasons of the Witch. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Seasons of the Witch with Raven and Stephanie Gramasi. And uh, tonight we're talking about the spring equinox and the turning of the wheel and how that is a metaphor for our lives um, as we live it um, through an enchanted worldview and and through the participation in nature's um, nature's patterns that we see, you know, those those show us um, how we can better connect to being in sync with that. And it's kind of the as within, so without, as above, so below, as within, so without uh, axiom, where it's mirrored to us. And that is the beauty and the magic of, of celebrating these sabbats. So we're going to uh, get into that here. I just wanted to point out we're still having a, a few uh, issues, so we, we don't uh, have access to the chat room. We can't see if anyone's in the chat room. So if you're there and typing questions and whatnot. Um, we apologize. Unfortunately, we can't see them. so <laughs> We're not ignoring you. We just don't see you. You're, you're still the seeds beneath the soil. <laughs> uh, so we'll, uh, you'll... Well, we'll be together. We'll be we'll, we'll gather more together uh, next time in our next. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's let's move yeah. on though for this. Well, let's move on indeed. Yeah. Uh, oh, and before we do, we want to point out we've been uh, picked up by International Pagan Radio, mm-hmm. and there's also another uh, network that uh, wants us on board. So we're looking at some really good things for the uh, rest of the year. Um, so spring, yeah, you know, spring is is that time of of beginnings but i think even more important than the beginnings it's the time of of renewal and and a fresh cycle you know and we look at the world today and especially you know politics in our own country and and things seem very chaotic i know a lot of people are very concerned and nervous some people are very angry you know we we don't confuse we don't seem to have um, adequate leadership. We don't seem to have people that really care um, about, uh, you know, the things that uh, people used to care about who were in charge of our government. So it's a, it's a struggle. But I think the good news is that the energies now are moving towards that time of change. We've been through, you know, a hard winter, so to speak, politically. And I think that the energies are really now pushing out um, that disorder and uh, energetically now moving back towards a kind of a reboot of the system. And we're, we're seeing politics right now in a very chaotic, uh, angry stage, both within our own community and with the nation, even within the world. But I think the thing to remember is the wheel of the year itself. You know, we are not separate from nature. And nature teaches us through its own changing cycles that nothing stays the same. So when you're in winter and hardship, that's just part of the cycle. We will move out of that. We, the next cycle is always promised. So we move from winter to spring, and we are definitely headed to spring. And with spring, then we get summer to follow. And then we trade those seasons of spring and summer. We trade them for fall and winter and back again. So I think the world is um, experiencing the the winter. And I think our politics is experiencing that 
sort of winter energy of hardship, and uh, but we are moving out of it definitely. So I think metaphorically, you know, we need to think about the idea of our own lives now and getting back in sync um, instead of being upset and angry and confused and in any kind of turmoil. Let's turn now and embrace what's happening in the land. Let's turn and embrace what's happening in the divine signature within nature. And that is planting seeds for renewal. The seeds are beneath the land. They've slept during the winter. The sun's beginning to warm the land again. The seeds are beginning to stir. Life is going to return. Order is going to return. Balance and plenty. Uh, that's assured. That is the cycle that we live in. So we should look at what seeds do you want to plant in your own life? What harvest would you like to come in the days ahead? We need to look at the idea of the bounty of what we plant is assured if we tend to the seeds. We plant seeds here in the spring. And the seeds can be literal. You can actually take seeds, um, and I would suggest taking seeds of a, of a hearty plant, plants that are easy to take care of as one level or batch of seeds, and name those, you know, actually lay them out, anoint them, and say that these are the seeds of, and then actually state what they are. Um, a new job, uh, a better um, relationship, uh, healthy child, uh, your own health, um, you know, prosperity, uh, whatever, you know, relocation, a nice house, you know, whatever it might be. And actually literally anoint these seeds, uh, put them in pots, and uh, even label the pots so that as the plants come up, care for them, water them, give them enough sun. And as they grow, look at them as affirmations, affirmations of your goals and desires care for them, watch them grow, watch them flower, watch them come to seed. These are really good uplifting things that can connect you energetically to the actual flow of nature and you can, you know, be even more one with nature than you would, you know, be in, in uh, through your through your usual efforts. Well, I, I think another uh, element of that as well is while you are nurturing those seeds and, and giving forethought to what you want to plant, you must also consider, because magic has the two components. It has the magical component, and then it has the mundane component. And that's where the participation in the, in the earthly plane needs to take place. And that is foreseeing how am I going to manifest the seeds that I am planting, the goals that I am stating, the, the things that I want to come to fruition. What, as I'm looking ahead, how am I plotting that growth? What am I going to be doing in order to, um, uh, what do I want to say, uh, validate, to give energy to, to bring to manifestation? What are those steps I'm willing to take in the physical world in order for these seeds to bear fruit, not only by the magical plant, but also in your real world, too? Right. You, you have to participate. You know, as, as people often say, if you want to get a new or a better job, you know, um, it doesn't, it's not all about doing a spell. 
you know, you also have to get out there and put out resumes and, and go for interviews and, you know, look through the papers or online, whatever it might be. You have to participate in the process and let your magic join with your mundane energy. Um, you know, that's, that's the fair way and the balanced way of, of dealing with manifestation and change. Well, and, and let's take, for instance, the, um, the idea of a job. So you want, you want a new job. So what kind of a job is that you want? Is it something along the lines that you've been doing all along? Is it something new that you want to start? Do you want to start your own business? Do you want to work for somebody? Do you want to do um, social work or activism? Can you work and make money doing that type of thing? Would you need higher education? Would you need occupational training? How am I going to go about that harvest? Because part of it can be not the, the fruition of your goal can be two, three, fourfold. You can have a plan in mind that would take that long to ex- execute, such as you want to work in a, in a business where they require higher education. And so if you have a family, you're going to have to plot around your family's needs. You're going to have to, if you're working currently, you have to plot along that. It takes true effort along with the magical current in order for these things to happen. Um, and I'm just putting that out there, that these, these, these are the components of manifestation. Yeah, it's adulting, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's putting on your, your big boy pants and, and, and getting out there and getting it done on all levels. Well, I think a lot of people are, are really discerning now that they, it, it's not necessarily I just want a job so that I can pay my bills. It's more along the lines, I want a job that I can pay my bills, but it also has some fulfillment for me. And or in the interim of that, getting to that job that will be fulfilling for me, that I have to do this first, yeah. you know. And so that's what I'm saying, you know, we, we can't always get what we want. We can get what we need, but we also have to work for our desires. That's very true. And, uh, you know, that's the process of, you know, uh, working in both worlds, you know, but on the magic level, you know, getting back to the idea of the seed, anointing your seeds and growing them. One thing that I've always found to be effective in spell work is is making a statement that it is already happening um, that affirms the energy because the weakest spell is one that you wonder if it's going to work you know if you keep fretting about it and, and that just robs the spell of its power it keeps draining off because of your angsting over it well, I, think you you, know. I think you use that metaphor of the kite you know where you're holding the string yeah yeah well one thing i use in classes is the, the analogy of you know you have a kite on a string, but your goal is to have that kite fly away, but you're still holding on to the string and you're wondering why, you know, it's not getting anywhere. It's not getting anywhere because you're not releasing it, you know. And so part of it is releasing the spell so that it can get out there and do its work. But the other part is accepting that it is working. And uh, often in spell work, when you, when you launch your spell, um, it, it's very effective to then immediately give thanks for its manifestation, even though it hasn't manifested yet. It's a affirmation of your 
I don't even want to say belief uh, of your knowledge that your magic works. We were talking about that the other night with uh, some friends about the idea that, you know, witches don't believe in this, that, or the other thing. Witches know it's an inner knowledge. When I cast a spell, I don't wonder if it's going to work. I don't believe it's going to work. I know it's going to work because of the time and energy I've put into my training. And uh, it works in various ways. Sometimes it won't work necessarily in the way that you thought it was going to work, but the outcome will be what you what you desired if if you stay in tune with the formula of the casting spell itself. So in the case of working with spring energy, I think it's not only good to anoint the seeds and name them, but sort of in the midway point, if you think you plant them on the spring equinox, and then with the anticipation that, let's say, by the fall equinox, the harvest, um, you will see that come to fruition. And so at the midpoint between the two, which would be summer solstice, um, at that time you give thanks for the bounty. You give thanks for the energy moving towards that harvest. Um, it's called anticipation of the harvest. So you plant your seeds of the harvest in your spring, uh, name them. Come winter. I'm sorry. Come summer solstice. You acknowledge that it's coming to fruition. So you're still putting the energy back in. That you anticipate the coming harvest. So you make a little ritual, or do a little spell, or just even do an acknowledgement over your plants. And then come the fall equinox. Then you can actually give thanks for the harvest. And look at the things you you wanted to uh, accomplish and see where the energy went. Did you put enough energy into it? Did it come on its own? Um, is it still pending? You know, these are the things you want to check in with yourself on that on that uh, autumn equinox to, to see how you fully participated in, in that uh, whole process. And it's, it's interesting you're saying that because um, what really works for me, too, is, as Raven was saying, you check in with yourself and see how is your participation adding to that manifestation. And um, I'm thinking in terms of, for instance, the house, and I'm thinking of the wallpaper, and I'm thinking of the colors, and I'm thinking of the decor, and I'm holding a visual of that. And as I do that, I see it coming together. I see it happening. I see how it's going to uh, manifest. And I, I've done this so, so many times, and it's amazing how that visual, visualization adds to that manifestation, along with, of course, doing the practical things that it takes mm-hmm. in order to do that. Right. Um, and, but, but it's part of that. That is a big part of it for me. I'm a very visual mm-hmm. person. And, and some of you may have um, auditory, uh, you know, things that are important, tactile, um, uh, visual. We, uh, you know, we all kind of operate on different senses. It, 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 I liken that to, for instance, you can, you, spirits come to you, you can feel them. They're tangible to you. Right. Um, I don't process that way. I, I connect uh, more etherically. I don't, you know, we both have our gifts. And so we both use those gifts as part of our, our toolbox 
in the things that we want to accomplish. And I think everybody is like that. I don't think any one person is the same. We all have strengths that we need to uh, rely on. And I'm going back to saying that about my visualization, you right. know, that that really does help me um, keep moving forward. And, um, and sometimes it's to my detriment. I mean, I have to admit, if I'm thinking things, you know, if I'm visualizing things happening, uh, sometimes that happens. Like we were driving home. When we were coming back from Maryland on Sunday, I, I, I didn't want to say it out loud, but I did. And it was funny because we both, Raven said the same thing. I was thinking, anytime I say anything out loud, typically it, it happens and almost immediately. And I said, gee, I haven't seen any state troopers on the road going down there or coming back. Um, and yeah. and my, my immediate response in my head was, well, just make sure that you're going the speed limit. And sure enough, not more than five minutes after that, a trooper went by me. You know, it wasn't after me or anything, but just happened. There he was, went right by me, right after I spoke that. Um, so, again, my, my thoughts about that was I was thinking that, oh, now that I put that into motion, what am I going to do to make sure that, that, doesn't, that that's not something that is a detriment to me? And so going the speed limit, minding my P's and Q's, that helps me to not become uh, a random occurrence of, of um, the state police pulling me over for any reason. And looking at the idea of the seed planting, you know, we also have to look at the idea of the uh, sort of ancestral view of doing that in as much as you have to clear space for your planting. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to work the land and get everything prepped. Um, and so there's a metaphor there, too, to, to look around and what is the opening? Um, what is the area in which you can do this, metaphorically speaking, in your life? Um, and then also the idea of weeds, you know, clearing out the weeds so that they don't choke out the seeds that you want to plant and interfere and diminish your harvest. And so looking at what are the weeds in your life that are that are keeping you from a full harvest or keeping you from the seeds that you want to plant? Are these weeds people that are in your way or people that are troublesome to you that are taking your time and energy? I would metaphorically say that that person would be a weed and that weed needs to be removed um, from your garden or the area that will be your garden. Or, or any other types of obstacles. I was going to say, yeah. that's also, it could be a situation. Yeah, challenges. It could be health issues and maybe you need to exercise or see a doctor. Um, uh, switch medicines, whatever it might be. I'm just saying you stop and you look at your condition. Your condition is the land that you're going to create a garden on. You know, what is happening in your life and, and what is happening with the people in your life? Who are your allies and, and who aren't? Who are detrimental to you? Who are beneficial to you? Who will lift you up and who will drag you down? And so then you, you discern that and then you decide, okay, this is my planting field and you make the adjustments as necessary. And then you go about the work of assuring that your harvest will come because if you allow obstacles to stand in your way or you give in or you acquiesce, um, then it's going to diminish your harvest. It's, you're going to have to edit everything and, and you don't really want to do that 
if you want a full harvest, you want to be able to plant and work the land freely and with all of your energy. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just thinking, too, that, you know, sometimes we also get in our own way. Right. Um, and for me, personally, um, for me to discern and have introspection on my limitations that I impose on myself, that getting out of the way of that, it really takes an, a, a lot of effort. And that is part of the spiritual path. It's that discernment and then the mindfulness around wanting to change the patterns and then setting forth in being, again, aware of how you're moving forward in whatever you're doing in life. And uh, metaphorically, I think everything is a seed. You know, it's a right. seed of whatever. Right. And we're a seed, but we can, uh, in, in our own life and in each of our own seasons, you know, we are the seed that becomes the mm-hmm. plant that becomes the, the leaf of energy, the bud of, of promise, uh, the flower of attraction, um, the fruit of manifestation. You know, we, we are all of that in on ourselves. But I think we can also be a big weed in the garden ourselves, and sometimes we have to we have to check in with ourselves and see, you know, how are we choking out opportunities? Mm-hmm. You know, how are we? Are we, you know, um, not adapting and then not being the best that we can be? You know, um, I'm in Aries, and the sun just went into Aries yesterday. And yesterday, and, yep. and I always get really fired up. I can feel the change. He was it. fired up. <laughs> he's he's not a morning person, and the last few mornings, he's gotten up and he's singing a song. <laughs> but I also turn I turn that energy back into my life, and and I look at, um, you know, what I want to do, what I will compromise on, what I will not, what I will tolerate, what I won't tolerate. You know, it all comes around this time of spring, and so I start looking at that, and I start, you know using my horns to till the soil and I start, you know, <laughs> looking at the seeds I want to plant and where I want to go and, and um, you know, and I don't let things get in my way. Um, and that's sort of the Aries thing, you know, good or bad. It's a vital energy to me that keeps me going. I put my head down, my horns out, and I move on through. And, um, you know, it's good because most of the time I'm kind of a I'm more uh, kind of a mellow guy, and I kind yeah. of kick back, and people, you know, just sort of see me, you know, kind of cruise. With a wicked sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny, you know, people don't tend to see me as, as you know, being a funny guy or having a sense of humor, and sometimes I'll tell a joke at a workshop. Um, I'll just ad-lib something that I think is funny, and I can see, you know, some people laugh, but some people... They look like they're afraid to laugh because they don't know if that was supposed to be funny, and they, you know, um, so it's kind of, kind yeah. of like that. But people that really know me, um, they know that I like to joke around and be lighthearted, and uh, you know, my 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 demeanor, I guess, from the, my days of counseling, you know, my my demeanor is is more of a gentle demeanor. But uh, this time of year, the other side comes out, and I think that that's good. You know, look for opportunities in your own life mm-hmm. when you feel charged. When you when you remember who you are and uh, what you stand for, you know all that kind of stuff. I think that um, those are opportunities uh, for the seed to break open, you know, and for that stem to come along that will become the plant, you know, the upright mm-hmm. 
breaking through to the world of light and you become the plant that unfolds and grows. And, you know, I think that those are excellent metaphors to keep us inspired. Inspiration is really important. You know, we live in an age in which uh, there's a lot of things that make people feel uh, that they don't have power, that they're just, just one, one person, yeah. and you're overwhelmed, you're overstimulated, you know, and everyone's out to get a piece of you, you know. And um, I always tell people, and I used to say this in counseling, you know, don't be afraid to take time for yourself and focus on your own renewal. People may call you selfish, and you may even feel guilty about it, but what I always tell people is you need to get whole. We all need to get whole because what we give to others comes from our condition. If you're fragmented, you are giving fragments to the people you care about, and they deserve your wholeness. They don't deserve fragments of you. So by becoming whole, you're actually doing good for them, and a lot of people don't don't look at it that way. They think, oh, I can't do that. You know? He says, yes, you can, and you should. You should get solid and whole so that you're coming from a place of strength. You know who you are. You know, that, that whole deal, because um, that's really important. And then from there, you can turn around and give back to other people from your wholeness. There's a phone ringing in the, <laughs> in the background. Um, nice to know someone's thinking of it. So anyway, um, let's look a little bit more at this idea of spring. And, you know, you can even write things down that could be the seed. You know, take, a, take a couple of pieces of paper, you know, cut them into strips, kind of like a Chinese uh, fortune cookie strip, and write down the things that you want to accomplish. And also write down the things that you, you want to release, you know, the weeds you want to pull out of your life. And um, have two little containers, little bowls, and put the weed uh, papers in one and then put the um, seed that you want to grow in the other one and then revisit them like maybe once a week even you know take a strip of paper out of each one and then focus on that let's say you go to the weed uh, bowl and I'm talking about the weed bowl <laughs> I'm talking about the stay weed away from that bowl, weed bowl. Well, no, <laughs> no, stay I know. away from the weed bowl hold it <laughs> you know if you got them smoke them if you got them yeah but uh, if you have your little bowl of strips of paper that are the weeds, pull one out maybe once a week and read it. And then concentrate on how you would get rid of that, how that's not serving you. Really make it an issue within you to deal with that thing. And then vice versa, you know, go over to the seed bowl and pull something out and think about that in particular. Meditate on the idea of what it is you wanted to gain. And that way, you know, you're, you're participating fully in it and you're really concentrating it. Thoughts are things. What you dwell upon will come to fruition. Amen. You know, the universe listens. And if you spend your time, you know, speaking in terms of I can't, I won't, it's not going to happen. And, you know, that's, that's going to be what the universe thinks you want. And it's going to shuttle, shuffle things to you that will, that will affirm that. If, on the other hand, you spend a lot of energy talking about gain and where you want to go, the, the universe will shuffle energy to you to accomplish that as well. Now, random things can happen, and they often do. You know, your house can catch on fire. You can come down with some kind of an illness. You know, those are things that come along. 
but again, even with those, turn your attention on them. Turn them into blessings and see how it is you can rise above that, correct it, or deal with it. There isn't anything that comes to you from the universe that doesn't have a blessing tucked inside of it somewhere. You just need to open it up and look for it. Um, blessings come in all different ways and, and disguises. Some are very obvious. Um, some are gifted by other people. Some you basically have to crack it open like a, like a walnut and then dig it out. You know, um, But the universe has no plans for your destruction. It only has plans for your successful spiritual evolution. But you must participate in that. You must give the energy out so that it becomes a beacon for the universe to react to it. And I guess that's what we're saying tonight on the radio show is be those seeds. Focus on the seeds of what you want and then look around at what you don't want and let that go. I would even take the the strips that are weeds and after I'm done with them, reading them and, and doing my little meditation, I would burn them or bury them in the ground or in some way formally get rid of them. Well, interesting. You want, is there something else? Because interesting enough, you're talking about that because I just was going to uh, mention about the shadow garden. Oh, yeah. Because now is a perfect time to plant a shadow garden. And um, that entails... Uh, taking, uh, selecting plants, and it just so happens that Raven's book, two of them, Overall Witchcraft and Glamour of the Thorn-Blooded Witch, both have um, information on a shadow garden. The shadow garden is not um, the shadow, the psychological shadow garden. Uh, that, that's not the idea behind it. The shadow garden is actually in relationship to the bone memory of the earth. And you know, I, I love the way you explain it. I, mean, I, 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 can, I can mimic you, but I'd rather you say what the bone memory of the earth, that the plants go down and they, they connect to that. And you, so your shadow garden, you pick particular plants that represent particular parts of your life. And, and you arrange them in your yard, wherever. They don't have to all be together. But you designate those plants or those seeds when you're planting them. Again, it can start from the seed. You imbue that seed with the idea of what this plant is going to represent for you, magically speaking. Like, let's say, for instance, you have rue, and you have seeds of rue, and you germinate those, and you've anointed those with the idea of prosperity and protection, and you anoint them with that, you plant them, they come up, you're going to plant them in the, in the garden, you're going to keep affirmating and keep imbuing these plants with that egregore of energy, I would say, or that feeling of that energy. And you put it in the ground, and you keep doing that. And what happens with shadow being the bone memory of the earth, the roots of this plant go down into the earth, and they tap into what once was. All of the memories of what has happened here on this earth plane has come to decay and, to go, and has gone back into the earth. And it soaks down into the earth. And then the roots themselves will soak up all of this memory, all of these things. It will tap into that energy of that prosperity, that protection. It feeds off of the crystalline or uh, crystals 
and minerals. Yeah, the formation within the soil, the, the organic crystallization. You know, as Stephanie was saying, that everything that's lived uh, on this earth, when it died, it went back into the soil, or yeah. went into the soil, not necessarily back, back to the into soil. The soil yeah, back. But it went into the soil, and the crystalline formation of, of the earth itself has held that energy. And that's what Stephanie's talking about when we when we say shadow or bone memory. It's the memory of all that has been. So, for example, if you have a mandrake plant growing in your garden uh, for magic, then um, you nurture that or any plant as it's growing. You tell it what its power is, just like when a kid's growing up. You know, a kid might be coloring a butterfly, and you say, oh, you know, you're such a good colorer. Look at you. That's great. I'm going to put this up on the refrigerator, you know, because you're such a good artist. Um, that encourages the child to become even more proficient. It makes them want to have that experience and, and master that. So when you're growing a plant, as Stephanie was saying, you know, you can do the seed. Um, and as the plant grows, like say in your magic garden, you tell the mandrake plant how magical it is and that its ancestors were the sorcerer's root and how, you know, druids and witches and magicians would benefit from using the plant, you know, you sort of lay the whole spiritual plant, breathing that idea onto the water and watering the plant with it. Um, and then what happens is when you take a piece of that plant uh, for ritual or magic, say a leaf, once you're done with the leaf, um, you dry that leaf out and you put it back into the soil where the plant was. So then the plant also now, in addition to absorbing memory from the earth, it also now absorbs the memory of your ritual or spell you did. And so each time you take a leaf and put the leaf back in, the plant becomes more and more potent in remembering the magic that you used and becoming imbued with that magic and tapping into the memory of all mandrakes and what they were used for. You know, it's just this whole energy. So you do that with prosperity. You have an area in your garden with your prosperity plants. Maybe it's your you know, love area, healing protection. area, protection, yep. magic, whatever yep. it might be. Yep. And these are all the things, and you may take leaves from several in the garden, but make sure you put them back into the area and you imbue the soil with the ritual and the spell and the intention so that the plants feed on that too, and they become more and more potent in their ability to deliver, you know, whether it's prosperity or, you know, love or protection, you know, whatever it might be, because you're just continually pouring that energy back in. Um, and that's kind of a metaphor, too, for our lives. You know, the more you do that, you know, the more you return energy back to you and, and use the things that are useful, conserve them, take care of them, uh, see their importance. I think that's the same kind of approach. And uh, in, in the books that I mentioned, Old World Witchcraft and the Grimoire, uh, there's also, uh, it, it, it discusses in there what the plant's attributes are. I mean, there's um, all of the baneful uh, herbs that, we grow baneful herbs, but there's baneful herbs, there's all, all kinds of herbs mentioned along with the spirit of these plants. So this is also something that can be part of what you do when you are growing and planting your seeds. You know, you can also create a rapport with plant spirits that will aid you in things that you, you know, endeavors that you take on or protect you or, you know, 
protect your home. Um, it's, right. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's all about connecting with that idea of planting seeds and nurturing them to be something greater than. Uh, right now, I think let's take a break. Okay. Um, and when we come back, uh, we'll probably do a little meditation. Yeah, and then I think we might end early. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Just trying to get our feet wet again, getting back yeah. into the groove. So um, we'll take a break right now, and we hope you'll return to uh, to take a little uh, visualization journey with us. Now we're going to listen to some music. when we'd like to do a little uh, guided meditation to orient you to, um, to to benefit from all the things that we've been talking about, yeah, I guess. Be, to be uh, yeah. the uh, tilled soil and the planted seed. So I would suggest that uh, if you're listening to us at the moment, that you 
put your feet on the ground or get in a comfortable position and put away any kind of devices that you have. <laughs> this is just going to take a few minutes out of your life. And um, take a deep breath in and exhale. Take another deep breath in and exhale. And then close your eyes. And just follow along imagining the things that I describe and try to put yourself fully into that visualization or feeling. People, some people don't visualize, some people feel, some people see. So however it works for you, eyes opened or closed, and um, let's begin. So I want you to see yourself standing in a meadow. And in the meadow, there is an area that is just fresh soil that someone has tilled. You can smell the richness of the earth itself, the deep color of the fertile soil. You have with you a bag of seeds. And this is going to be your planting field. This is going to be the center from which your desires spring forth on the spiritual plane and what springs forth on the spiritual plane will also manifest on the material plane. So let's look at this as your astral garden. Now take one seed from the bag. Have one seed that you see now in the palm of your left hand, either feel it or visualize it. The seed is yourself. And I want you to see it glowing, a soft light. This is the spark. This is the divine light that shines from within you. It is the light that you receive. And the seed is an offspring of that light. It is a token of your own light that you hold within you. And in the center of this field, I want you to take your hand and drop that seed so that it lands in the center of the tilled area and gently push it down with your fingers until it disappears. Pat the soil down around it. And here you have arrived at center. This is your spiritual center, which will also be the manifestation of your material center. And then I want you to take the other seeds and push them into the ground in a circle around that center seed. So push one, and then the other, and then the other, and then the other. Put your hands, both palms down, over the planted seeds. And you say in your spirit voice, these are the seeds of my manifestation. These are the things I will to be. These are the things that I will to be my harvest. Later on, you will name them here on the material world when you take your seeds and anoint them. But for now, you stand in your astral garden with the fertile seeds and the fertile soil, and the spiritual energy is now collecting 
you are part of it. You can feel the energy around the garden. The land is giving energy to you. The seeds are glowing and sending energy to you. And you are one seed in the center of them all. And that seed will be empowered by many, many lights, many energies. You can feel it now moving up your feet, up your legs, to your waist, gently moving up into your belly and then into your chest, up your arms and your neck, up your head to the top and your hair. And you begin to glow now, and this becomes your aura. This becomes an auric energy that surrounds you and energizes you. It is the resonance and the vibration of what you plant will come to fruition and will come to harvest. This energy is now in your aura, and it will move with you as you work towards manifesting all the things you desire. Take a deep breath in, draw that energy, let it out, breathe it in one more time, hold it, hold its power, release, and one last time, draw that energy up from the Astral Garden in your breath, hold it, and release. And now it is time to return with that energy back into the time and space in which you find yourself in the now. So open your eyes, become aware of your surroundings again, everyone back to the time and space from which you began. And this will now become an energetic resonance. And if you take your seeds and anoint them, name them, plant them, breathe out upon the soil when you push them in, and remember that moment in the astral garden when you breathed in the energy of the light and the fertility of the soil and it filled your aura. Remember that feeling. Remember that visual image. And pass that through your breath into each seed that you have named and anointed. Let that power infuse in, in the seeds. Let it become embedded the will and desire of your word embedded in each seed. And then watch it grow, water it, care for it. Don't over-attend it. Don't put too much water. Don't put too much sunlight. Be balanced because that is how you move through life with balance. And then your garden will grow and you will grow with it and you will move towards harvest. You can change anything you want in your life because thoughts are things, and they manifest. These seeds become the vessels of your thoughts and desires, just like a soul resides within a body. Your thoughts and desires reside within that charged seed. And when it begins to grow, it is holding the memory of all that you put in with it, put into it. And so it will draw, like attracts like, it will draw that desire to the plant itself, the leaves will draw the energy from the sun. It will move into budding and uh, flowering and fruiting, and this will all be really in service to you and in service to the thing that you're trying to achieve, these little sort of manufacturing plants, these uh, literally plants, um, will become your allies 
um, moving towards the signature most desire. Seed to crown, crown to stem, stem to leaf, leaf to bud, bud to flower, flower to fruit, fruit to seed. That's the incantation. Seed to crown, crown to stem, stem to leaf, leaf to bud, bud to flower, flower to fruit, fruit to seed. If you can remember that little um, uh, incantation, then work that in when you're um, breathe that into the water, you know, that you're going to use to water your plant or even do it as a meditation and see yourself as seed, you know, moving through those stages. Um, these are, these are, it's an incantation and a tonal you can add to because anything you add to this will enhance and empower it. And it also brings to life the three great mysteries, mm-hmm. which is life, uh, birth, life, death, and renewal. It is that cycle. The right. seed, the, the crown, the stem, the leaf, the bud, the fruit, to seed again. Right. The whole it's, it's always cycle. there. It's always part of the, the circle of life. You just have to dive into that cycle and remember that you are part of it. We as humans have collectively um, drawn away from nature. We try to master it. And we try to dictate our environment. You know, we have devices that will heat or cool a home. We decide when it's light or dark with our light switches. We, you know, we do all these things which are really kind of contrary to what's happening in the outside world. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, but we also have to remember that we are part of that outside world and that we we have to dive back into that energy and that cycle and live in that resonance. We can't continually step outside of it. If we do, we kind of lose our way. We kind of lose that connection, and then we're more susceptible to random occurrence because we are not in the the cycle. We're not in the natural flow of things, and so more mishaps can come along. Nature is very ordered and structured. It may not seem that way sometimes. You know, we, we sort of chuckle sometimes, Stephanie and I, when we watch the news and they they talk about a freak storm or they refer to a storm as being angry they name or, it now too, you know, yeah. and all these things, you know. There is no such thing as a freak storm because that storm is you know, nature can't produce a storm just because <laughs> it felt like it. Yeah. You know, everything is cause and effect. And um, it might be unexpected, but it's certainly not out of the natural order of things because the natural order of things created that. Storms aren't angry. They're just storms. You know, they're not out to get you. They're just a storm passing through. But we as humans, we want to put that on them, you know, that, you know, they can be devastating, but, you know, as a teacher of mine once pointed out, you know, a storm can bring needed water to your crops or a storm can bring so much water it destroys your crops, but it wasn't out to really do either. That's the human experience. You were trying to grow crops and, and this happened to you, but the storm wasn't out to really help you or harm you. It just came along. You know, witches in days of old were said to be able to use powerful weather spells and change those patterns. And I think our ancestors did try to change those patterns, often putting offerings out to a a storm that looked really bad or was really bad. They might give offerings and they might ask the storm to bypass their crops. Um, You know, the um, 
we don't do that collectively anymore. You know, we sandbag and we, you know, do all these things as though some science fiction creatures stomping on, on our way and we try to fight against it um, rather than doing the ancestral approach, which would be to communicate with it, to give it offerings and ask for it not to, to cause harm. Um, those are types of consciousness that you can in interface with. Um, nature is conscious, you know, but it's doing its thing. It, it's more interested in its work than in uh, Farmer John's field. You know, so Farmer John has to has to have a good rapport uh, with the storms. Uh, it's that kind of primitive thinking, but that's our magic. You know, that's that's kind uh, of the way we look at it. Well, yeah, that 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 is our nature. That yep. is what's here. That is what makes us different. Right, and parts and parcel of being in this dimension as well. That's you know, um, I hope that that this has been um, interesting and has given you some uh, food for thought. Or could I say seeds for thought? Oh. Um, Plant a little seed. So, so yeah, I get it. Um, now I'm I'm uh, we're going to end early tonight, but I want to do some shameless promotion oh. uh, first. Which um, one of uh, one of our courses of study, Ash Birch and Willow, which is the outer court system of our tradition of Ash Birch and Willow, um, that is open for registration until uh, the end of March. And the course will begin in April. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can go to Raven's Law. And on the navigation, navigational buttons on the left, it says Courses. Just click on Courses, and you'll see a list, actually, of all the courses that we have. Um, right now, Inner Mysteries um, and um, Italian have uh, both started uh, this um, cycle, so they're closed. Old World or Old Ways Witchcraft is always open for enrollment, and that is a, I, I, although Raven says that it's a, uh, it's, it's not really basic. It's, it's Old World Witchcraft, and it gives you a, an enchanted world view that is very cohesive, and it has alignments and exercises, and it, it, it's a great, it's a great 13-month course. Um, and then we have the Ashburton Willow Tradition. And we also have a fantastic course of the elements, the elements of witchcraft. Um, Elemental tools and working with the elements. Wielding the witch's tools. Right, right. And that is a really good uh, course. That course is always open for open enrollment as well. Right. And uh, then um, I'm highly encouraging Raven to create a Wheel of the Year course uh, by the end of this year. Right. His plate, his plate and my plate are pretty full. Um, Moving forward again, we're anticipating what we are going to exactly the seeds. What we're, yeah, the seeds that we're planting. That we'll plant. One of the seeds too is we're we're looking seriously at doing um, uh, recorded workshops. Recorded, uh, yeah, visual yeah. audio recording uh, classes and workshops. Uh, that we've been wanting to do it. Yeah, we've been wanting we to do it for a, a long few time. Get in and, the way. Yeah, and and people often say, you know, they they live too far away to come to a workshop or class. Well, this way, every class will be recorded, and people can actually uh, get hold of the uh, you know whatever media it's on, a DVD or whatever it might be on, uh, YouTube private uh, thing, whatever. We're looking at the technology. But, but anyway, they can watch it anywhere they live in the world. But here's the key to this. That, yes, we have been trying, we have been endeavoring for years, several years, to do this. And we have not given up on the idea. It was the same for the DVD 
ever ancient, ever new, witchcraft by the harsh side. That was a dream of ours for at least, I don't know, eight or ten years. Yeah, we just didn't have, we, we didn't where, know. We, where we put our energy was different. We, well, had, we had thoughts and then we had energy. Well, yeah, exactly. And then we also had a vehicle, which was Kickstarter, to come along. Right. So as things go along, you know, um, the future holds doors that we haven't even opened yet opportunities that come along even now the platforms that you know you do workshops you can record workshops on and have them uh, out there it, that has changed immensely since right. we started first started thinking about doing right. online workshops so again we are working towards that goal as well and then this coming weekend in nashua uh, new hampshire at the marriott up there um, is magical marketplace and this year, it is a two-day event. Um, well, actually, I want to say Friday evening is a concert um, with Frenchie, uh, what is it, Frenchie and the Punks? That's what I want to say. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong. And I apologize, you guys. Um, Frenchie and the Punks. Um, we'll be doing a concert on Friday night, beginning, I think, at 7 o'clock. And then Saturday and Sunday will be the Magical Marketplace where there will be workshops going on both days, as well as many different vendors and artists and readers of all kinds of divinatory systems. And um, it, it's, a, it's a good environment. It's where uh, everybody seems to go uh, for their first uh, voyeur out after hibernating for the winter. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's, a, it's always a lot of fun, and, it, and, it's, and it's very uh, uplifting as well. So... If you have either one of those days, come on by there and uh, visit with us and all of the great people who are there uh, participating in that event. And um, then, the, the, as I said, the first week of, of April, Raven will be doing a workshop at Robin's Nest. And you can find out more information about that. I'll be posting that up on thehouseofgramasi.com. I also have several new um, blogs that, uh, well, essays or blogs, I don't know what you want to call them, but they're uh, of Ravens that I'm going to be posting on House of Ramasi. And again, trying to work that website um, so that it becomes everything that we want it to be as well, too. Right. So, um, if you have any ideas or any questions or concerns, you can write to us um, at um, ashburchandwillow at gmail.com. You can contact me at Stephanie at houseofgramasi.com. If you'd like to have us come to your shop or do an event, contact me at that same email address. Um, we're always looking to participate in, um, in and at uh, shops and events. So um, please, please let us know if you're interested. And um, anything else you'd like to add, Matthew? Yeah, before we close here, um, I, I just want to point out from the from the view of the Ashbridge and Willow tradition, um, we call this season the spring tide. So it's not just the spring equinox or the first day of spring and then everybody kind of forgets about spring. Spring is a tide. It lasts until the summer tide begins. So it is an energy that's always moving towards um, through the months that we, you know, our spring before summer comes. So it's an ongoing energy. And I think that that's helpful not to think of spring as a moment. You know, the first day of spring, everybody celebrates it, and then they think, oh, okay, you know, 
or go about my business. Realize that you're actually in the spring tides. It's energy that's moving itself through each of the, you know, uh, turning of the wheel until, you know, it becomes the next um, piece of that wheel. Uh, so just think of that as an ongoing energy to work with. Yeah, we, we talk about the, the equinoxes and the solstice as tides, and that's because they are solar-oriented, and they do have a physical um, effect on the Earth. The turning oh. of the axis is the change. Magnetic shift. Um, it's when animals will migrate and uh, either come back or leave from. Because they're responding to an energy. Right, and the light is, is waning and waxing. Um, so these are the physical manifestations here in this dimension. The cross-borders which we celebrate in between the equinoxes and the solstices are the celebrations of Eve, and these are the magical celestial times that accompany these solar events. Uh, not that they're not any less important. Um, I just want to say that because we, we haven't mentioned those, but I just want to add that into it. And um, as the show goes on, too, we'll be talking about each one of these turns of the wheel. They will take a turn on the radio show. Yep. And we'll talk about those energy shifts as they as we uh, either in them or approach them. So um, on that note. Let's uh, just say, uh, you know, spring tide blessings to everyone out there. Um, we wish you all that is best in life. Always. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are happy to be back on the air. And we'll see you again on the next airing of Seasons of the Witch. Yes, it'll be back to a bi-weekly schedule, or I'm sorry, bi-monthly schedule. Bi-weekly would not be practical. A bi-monthly <laughs> schedule, so we'll see you in two weeks, or hear you in two weeks, or you'll hear us in two weeks, something like that. Something like that. So, uh, again, uh, gratitude and blessings to you all, and may the Force be with you. Take care. <laughs>